Hi there, you've stumbled across The Christian Truth, a podcast where I, Prophetess LGBTQ, comes, well, sometimes I come yell at you. If you come here to hear about nothing but Bible scripture or religion, you've inadvertently ended up in the wrong podcast, because I switch it up a bit, and I curse pretty often, actually, in the beginning. Just ride this out with me, it's so worth it. But I'm human, so I'm not gonna be perfect. Each episode, though, is from the heart, and I can't wait to hear what you guys think. Leave your comments below any episode and let me know what you thought. Remember, you were warned. This is me as he made me. And he's not done with me yet. Talk for now. Hey guys, this is Prophetess LGBTQ. For those of you who don't know who that means, it's that I've embraced my prophetic gift and I am the mouthpiece for God to his people, the ones that are lost. They're still beloved. They are still a glory to him, and they bring him joy. And today's podcast, I'll probably get emotional. I'm going to do my best not to cuss, but I need you all to understand this, this episode is about me. And when I'm upset, I talk about me. Not in a conceited manner, just I got to get it out. I can't have it festering inside. He didn't make me that way. I don't have a special storage container, you know what I mean, where I can put my hurt and my anger. So I'm going to talk to you guys. This episode's called Let Me Tell You About Me. My name is Melita Vanessa Willox-Wade. Um, I don't think I was ever going to tell you guys who I really was, but now that you know, it's out there, right? Now that you know that my son's gay, it's out there, right? And I'm not going to be ashamed enough to take it back. I have a beautiful son. He's beautiful to me. And I believe in my heart that he's beautiful to my God as well. That he doesn't see his sexual orientation as anything other than what he created him to be. But I'm a mother of three boys. I'm the third wife. I'm sorry, I'm a wife for the third time. He's only been married twice, but my husband is my best friend we were together for a couple of years before we actually got married um, and I was okay with that because I believe God was okay with it I knew that God had made this man for me and how unworthy you know what I mean but I knew he wasn't going anywhere I knew this time this one was for real we've been through a lot together I've told him every single thing that's ever happened to me. And that's a lot, guys. I've been through some things, you know? I've survived a lot. And I don't know why he picked me to give this message to the world, but he did. And I'm not going to... I'm not going to apologize for my message. I'm not going to apologize because I truly feel... And he wants every single soul saved. I know that people don't, uh, they don't necessarily agree with my, my viewpoint or my delivery. Um, but I need you guys to understand something as well, that I am just now coming into my prophetic gift. And for those of you who are also prophetic, you know that it is. It's a long journey. It's two steps forward and 14 back. But you know that he has a purpose for you. And that as long as you stay the course of that purpose, no matter who falls along the way, you, you are doing what God told you to do. I keep telling you guys that he told me it was going to be lonely. And I keep saying, I'm fine with it. It's fine. I know you don't like me. I know you hate me. And I can tell you all day long that I don't really care. But I think you can hear that I care. I think you guys have figured out by now that I care a lot. Not about what other people think of me, but how they view me. Because I I think it's wrong. You don't have a right to judge me. You don't have any right. Like, never. Not. No, no, not ever. But you do it anyway. 
And so I just look to the heavens. I say, Father God, please forgive them for judging your child. They don't know me. They know not what they do. But thank you, God, for loving me anyway in my imperfectness. All of my imperfections. I'm loud. I'm in your face. I cuss a lot. But I'm a child of God. I'm a beloved child of God. I just didn't expect to have to do this journey by myself. I thought that he had brought me prophetic women to place in my life for guides, for mentorship. I may have read it wrong, you know. The revelations I read in the word, those aren't hard for me to interpret, okay? That's just, it's what he said, and they still apply. So I'm not discussing about, the, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not talking about those things that I have told you were coming. Because not only has one of them come, my job is not to tell you I told you so. My job is to remind you that there is still time and he does still love you, no matter who you are, no matter where you're from, and no matter where you are today. I don't care if you're in a jail cell, if you're sitting on the toilet, if you're in a meeting, if you're running in a race, we're all running a race. We're all running towards him. There's no better reward than the love of God. Nothing in this world can top the safe hug it makes for you and the pure joy you feel when you praise him because you know he's right there and he's smiling at you because you have brought him so much joy <laughs> I'll ask you guys to pray with me you don't have to but I'm going to pray really quick so I can center myself and pull myself back together Father God, this is the first time I come to you openly for other people to hear. You know my heart. You know the deepest parts of it. You know the best parts of me. You know the worst parts. Can you love me anyway? I am perfect in your eyes. And Father God, if that's the only eyes that I can be redeemed in, I'm okay with that. Okay. Um, so we were praying. Me and Father God. I call him Father God. I remember I met this person. Well, I met this group of ladies. Um, I consider you ladies, regardless of what you think of me. <laughs> I read this group of women, though, that were in different stages of their relationship with Christ. I'm not saying their, their walk was any different, because understand me, when a Christian is walking towards the one true faith, or in the one true faith, it's the same walk. It might be, it might look different, you feel me? But it's the same walk. We're all struggling with the fact that no one believes he exists. Every single one of us walks in that faith knowing that even though I can't see you, brothers, sisters, we are both walking this path that no one believes is real. And for those of us who know, <laughs> know that he's real, we're okay with that. We're okay with walking that path, looking like we're weird, looking like we're talking to ourselves, looking like we're strange. I would rather be strange and say than perfectly perfect and headed for hell. So I'll be the person who talks to myself in public and I'll be the one who has a smile on my face because something that he has said to my head is just the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. I'll be that person that doesn't change my relationship with God, that doesn't change my personal relationship with my Heavenly Father. He knows who I am. He knows what I say, what, how I sound. My sound is pure and it's individual from everyone else's. 
And not because I cuss, not because my delivery is different. It's because he has, he's taken me. I am taken with my God. I belong in every sense of the word to him. And he knows that. So regardless of what I might say here on this earth, he knows my heart. And what you see is not what you get. What you see is who I am. And I'm not going to change that just because it hurts you or just because you don't understand it or just because you don't agree. I'm not here on this earth to agree with everything that you believe. You guys know that's my favorite thing to say. We're supposed to have relationships with people we don't agree with. People we don't like. I think I added that part myself. Even the people we don't like, they deserve heaven too, guys. They deserve heaven just as much, if not more, than us Christians I uh, I recently had, I guess, not really a falling out because neither of the other parties, I don't believe they were really affected. Um, I, I've come to uh, a fork in the road, if you will. I love what I do. And I, I, I took a break from the podcasting thing, yeah, because of how the reception was. <laughs> Um, I told myself the world is going to hate you. The world's not going to agree with you. They're going to, they're going to basically ostracize you, but only I wasn't prepared for that magnitude, the magnitude of it actually taking place. Like I was like, I can take it. I can take it. I can take anything, anything that God, excuse me, puts before me. I can take it, which is true. It's still true. That's not going to change. But like I said the other day, guys, I was never really popular growing up either. So I'm not sure when I thought that that was going to change or why that would change. Um, I'm older. I might look, I mean, I look the same, you know what I mean, as I did back then. Nothing really about me has changed except for that my faith is even deeper. It's more deeply rooted. It's more, I know that I walk with Christ. And for all of you who don't agree with that fact, that I, Melina Vanessa Willocks Wayne, walks with Christ, regardless of what you hear come out of my mouth, whatever you see on my face, whatever you think of me. I'm going to turn it around and I'm going to say, guys, thank you for your thoughts have been turned into prayers for your judgment has been turned into praise. And those things that you think of me, the fact that you think of me, the things that you say about me, that you talk about me, those things he has turned for my good. I'm to use that and make myself stronger. I'm not supposed to point it out and be like, you're judging me. Shame on you. No. That's not my job. You know who that comes from. That's the enemy. And I'm not your enemy. I'm not your enemy. I'm not going to change my message because it doesn't suit a lot of people. I need you guys to understand that. That's not going to change my message. Because my message was clear. You will fill the gap. In every sense of the word, I will do so. I will follow that edict. I will, I will fulfill his order. In every sense that I can. In every physical sense that I can think of. Even the spiritual sense. I will fill whatever gap he feels I can fill. And if that's the gap between the gays, lesbian, and bisexual community, then hua. I say fucking hua. I'll be the gap. Because he picked me. Not you. He picked me. Because he knew I could do it. And he knows I will. If that means to, the, to, the, to, the, to those people with a tendency. Even you deserve heaven. Okay? You were taught something erroneously for all your life. And that's all that you understand. That's what you know. It's just what you know. I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm also not saying that you're right. I'm just telling you that he still loves you anyway, regardless of who you hate, who you love. Now, should you bring hate into the heavens, I'm gonna let you know now you ain't going nowhere. You ain't going too far, love. Not with a hate in your heart. It won't happen. He can see that a mile away. And you can act as if you don't have the hate. That's what we call tendencies, folks. You can act as you don't have the hate, but he also sees your heart. We don't have to see it. You don't have to wear it on your sleeve for us to know that God knows you and is working in you. You see what I'm saying? People, I was listening to something, I don't remember where it was, that people see, you know, oh, I do remember, right before I started this podcast, uh, 
I was listening to a live one. Um, this pastor, uh, I want to say he's from Africa of some kind because he had that, you know, he had the, the African accent and it was very, very, very brusque uh, accent. But he was talking about the anointing that God has placed on your life. And did you know, guys, that every single one of you, yes, even you, every single one of us actually has an anointing that's been placed on our life. We just haven't reached up to grasp it yet. And I was reading this article that my friend, well, that she, she sent me. And I read it over and over and over again. Because every time you read something, I believe that you get something different from it. You know what I mean? Until it's completely nonsensical, you get something new from that text, that phrase, that, the verse. Every time. Like when I'm doing my praise and worship. I've sung this song, and I'm not kidding you, like 15 million times. But every single time I sing it, I cry for a different reason. Because I feel chills. I feel I've touched him in a different way. Him, my father in heaven. We're singing this song and we worship him in this song and we, we, we praise him obviously in this song. And then I thought the other day, how would it be if he was the only person in our audience? And I, I decided from that moment, guys, that from that moment when I thought of that, that he was going to be my only audience from now on. So if you're listening, just know that I am speaking to the Jesus inside of you. So let's get back to me because I'm conceited like that, y'all. A little bit more about me. I'm adopted. Some of you guys may have remembered I am from Panama, Central America. was born on the equator, y'all. So I'm all good up here in Texas, okay? I'm loving me some heat. Loving it, loving it, loving it. Um, I grew up here in the, in the, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Went to school. All of my schooling was here in Texas. Um, and I joined the service twice. Yeah, I said it twice. The first time, that was, I guess it was a trial run for me. Ah, didn't do so hot, right? My practice run was not the best. It was not a good look, Mel. Not a good look at all. And then I went about my life, and I had a baby. I had a baby out of wedlock, guys. I had two babies out of wedlock. And the, the second one, however, that was not my fault. No, 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 for real. Let me finish. So the first one was out of wedlock. Um... It was a situation that apparently God felt I needed to experience. I needed to experience that type of situation so that I could prepare myself for anything that this child would bring into my life. I'm going to clue y'all in. I'm trembling a little bit, actually. Um, the firstborn, he's the one who's gay. My son. And when I say that to people, and he's an earshot, after that person leaves, he comes and hugs me. He says, Mom, you say that with no shame in your voice. I said, baby, I don't get no shame in my voice because I've got no shame for you. Because you're my son. I found out you were gay after I had you. So it really doesn't really matter to me. Like, either way, you're still my son. That didn't change. You know what I mean? I mentioned before the, the, the journey I took when I first heard that my son was gay. I said, Lord, how am I going to do this? What are, you, what are you doing? You know what I believe? You know what I believe? I've, I've read the same, I believe the same thing everyone else is believing. So what are you doing? What are you, what are you doing? And guys, that's when he told me. That's when he told me. He said he is no different than any of my other children. I say again, he is no different than any of my other children. I said, are you sure about that? Because you know he's, I made him that way. And I know it's in the book. I wish I knew which scripture. Y'all can hate on me all you want to. I don't care. I know it's in there, okay? Like I said, I'm still new at this. I'm still brand new. And I'm loving the fact that I am brand new in my faith. New enough where I can humbly come to you and say, hey, if you know the scripture that I'm talking about, come on, leave it uncommon. Because I need to go look it up. I need you guys, my audience, right? Those with you that carry Jesus inside of you. I'm talking to you. I need y'all to keep me in check. Keep me tied to the scriptures. Like that last episode, tie me to the scriptures. I know it's in there though. The scripture that says never again. I'm going to twist it to Mel's side. Never twist your face <laughs> to call anything that God has made less than beautiful. I know that's in there. When I saw that, I was saying, you know what? Okay, I'm convinced. I'm convinced. Because know this. When my, son, my father told me that my son was no different than any other child that he has ever, ever created, I needed some verification. So I did my research, guys. Everyone kept telling me, oh, well, it's in Leviticus. It's in such and such. It's in 1 Corinthians. It's in second. Okay. So I went and looked it up, guys. I did my due diligence. You know, your girl loves some research. Research. So I did my research. But never did it actually say 
what he would do to those people. And I'm going to tell you why. I'm not telling you as my opinion, okay, because I have a gay son. I'm telling you because I need you guys to understand, fully understand who we're dealing with, okay? Our God is awesome. So when he says what he says, that's what he means. But if he didn't say it, who are you, human, to tell him what he means? Is all I'm saying. We're going to take a quick break. Love you guys. Be right back. So we're back. Um, I was thinking about what else am I going to talk to you guys about next. And I wanted to let you know. I know that I said in the past that I'm going to try to keep this short and sweet. Nothing I do is short and sweet. Girl, I love to talk. You hear what I'm saying? Your girl loves to gab. Okay. I've been doing it since kindergarten. My mother couldn't stand it. I got into a lot of trouble in kindergarten, guys. Because I used to talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. When we were supposed to be napping. You know, back when we used to get take naps. Now they don't get naps no more. I don't know if y'all know that. But nobody sent me a memo telling me my child wasn't going to get napped during the day. So he came home a little cranky that day. It's not happy. Not a happy mama. But anyway, when I was going to school, uh, we went, you know, we had naps. We had playtime. We had, um, what is it called? Um, not imagination time. Where it's basically play, but you're learning about uh, the household and, and, and the, the family dynamics. Things like that. You know what I mean? They had a little kitchen area that was all set up and you could make, you know what I mean. But anyway, so we had all of that when I was, uh, when I was going to school here in Texas. I went to Bill J. Elliott Elementary. I was a bumbling beat. You understand what I'm saying? I remember uh, Principal Chamberlain's. She was awesome. She really was. She was an amazing woman. And uh, then I went to uh, middle school at, uh, excuse me, I went to Hanley first. And halfway through my Hanley middle school years, we moved. And I ended up going to Forest Wood Mill, which is in Flower Mound. I don't know if y'all have ever heard of Flower Mound, but it was named Flower Mound because, yes, because there was actually a mound of flowers when it was first, <laughs> when it was first founded. So I thought that was really funny history when I heard, but, well, there's no flowers anywhere anymore. You can't find a flower to save your life. But Flower Mound is all about, you know, about that mound. Um, so I grew up here in Texas. I grew up in a certain type of environment. Um, recently I had someone tell me, oh, well, that's the bad part of town. My husband says that's the bad part of town. I said, after, you know, after I've been here a year, you're telling me now. And I said, the reason I didn't know that, however, was because there's no such thing from when I'm growing up. When I grew up, every street was the bad side of town. You know what I mean? Or the bad part of town. I don't really know what that means other than, you know, things, questionable things happen, of course, you know. Um, but for the most part, we mind our own business. We, uh, we treat each other neighborly, um, and we just, you know, we, we just coexist and it's easy to do now, right? With the COVID, nobody has to wave at you and you, know, <laughs> you can just keep your distance and social distancing has become our best friend. But back then I would never, I wouldn't have made it y'all in high school in middle school, not being able to touch you or talk to you. Like, no, that's not, that's not for me. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to need some social interaction. It's in my system. I need it. I require it. I, it's, it's like sustenance for me, okay? <laughs> some human affection, some human interaction of some kind. So I came and started talking to you guys. I talked to you about graduating from Louisville High. I was the 13th person from the last person called. That didn't mean I was the 13th person from the bottom of the class. I'm pretty sure I was in the top 20%, 25%, top 25%. But it didn't matter to me. I was just glad I graduated, okay? I wasn't excited about school until I joined, you know, started going to school and college uh, after I joined the service. That's what it was fascinating to me because one, I'm paying for this education. So not only is it better in my eyes, it's also more expensive, right? And it was important that I pass every single one of these classes. The first time, because I don't want to pay it again, you know what I'm saying? Um, some of you though may know that like when you go to the service, uh, well, I did anyway, I had it placed where I got my first wish list. Um, they give you a wish list. You choose three places, and I got my first pick. Yes, I did. And then I joined the service, and we we went and deployed. I came back, and then I joined. Uh, you know, I went to start school about a month before I got out, so that I had some head start. I knew what I was doing. I knew what to expect. Um, you know, and I've been in the school basically off and on since 2011. That's nine years for those of you who are counting. Two of those years, two or three of those years, I was busy uh, just trying to survive, especially here by myself. I, um, I moved to Iowa after I got out of the service the first time. The first time, yes. The first time, I was like, okay, well, there's nothing here. I'm going to go ahead and go 
go with my mom. My mom wants to go home. Let's just go see what it's like up, up north. I don't know what I was thinking, y'all. I just did it, right? I was just, it was impulsive thought. I was 19, 20 years old and, oh gosh, no, 18, I'm sorry. Because that March, I hadn't turned 19 yet. Um, but the year after that I got out the first time, 2003, the year after I got out, I had a job and I got pregnant. About a year after I got out of the service the first time, and I was 19, um, I came back. When I came back here to Texas, though, my, my youngest was not yet born. My middle child was a year old, which is like the same age as my son is now, um, my youngest. And then I was all by myself. But I had come down here, you understand, to reunite with a best friend of mine, my, my girlfriend from high school. Um, we're like sisters. You know, we're very, very close. And uh, she was in a relationship with a person. I was in a relationship with a person. And uh, things happened to where she had to leave. She had to leave the state, guys. So the only person I knew in this area, she left me. I know that she's going to listen to this eventually. And I've got no hard feelings against you, sis. I know that you did that because you had to. And I'm glad that you did. Because I know that you're safe. And I don't have to worry about you. Or have to go to jail. Because you know why. I said that. Yes, I did. So, moved back to Texas uh, in 2012. 2012. So, like, shortly, right? Like, a, a year and a half, like I said, after, uh, after I got out. And um, I've been here ever since. She moved, and I still managed to survive, guys. Like, my mother and everyone who had known that I was leaving. Of course, my mom didn't know until I was already here that I had left. But, yeah. All right, mommy. Yeah, 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 yeah. That happened. Okay. But they were all, well, how are you going to make it? Like, you don't know anybody down there, Mel. Like, there's, there's no one down there. What are you talking about? Like, first of all, I grew up in this state. Anywhere in the state of Texas. Do you hear me? Mel said, I'm going to survive. That's what I do. That's what I was trained to do. We trained to survive, to protect ourselves at all costs. And so, me and my little one, my little, middle, my middle child now, poor baby, he's all grown up now getting ready for third grade. I just can't believe it. It was just me and him, me and Rocky. Okay. I've given each of my children nicknames and they have a very specific meaning, um, of the, just different cycles and different seasons that I was in in my life when they came into in my life. So I call him Rocky because this boy likes to punch and kick while he was in the room at the same time. No, at the same time, like punching and kicking both feet, both hands at the same time. That's four bruises at once, people. I don't know if you're counting, but that, that hurts, okay? I used to have actual bruises on the outside of my tummy. You would never know it was him, though, because this sweet little boy, Jesus in heaven, he's so sensitive. He is so sensitive. He's the one who's really good with the manipulative little faces, too. Yeah, he learned real quick, didn't he? He said, uh-huh, mama belongs to me. <laughs> so we moved here. I survived here. Uh, I was on my own for quite a bit, and, uh, I went from one place to being homeless to uh, technically being homeless again. Um, and then now I went from mobile home to mobile home. And now I'm in an old house. I own a house. I mean, I don't own it. But that's, those are in the works. Give me. It's in the works. But I have four walls of my own. And that is something that I have always wanted to have. As an adult, I wanted to be able to give my children four very independent walls. Not, a, not an apartment, not in a complex, not in of any kind. No sharing whatsoever. Not even the backyard. You understand what I'm saying? The only thing I share in my neighborhood is the sidewalk. I said that. Yes, I did. And that's what I wanted to be able to give my children. And the fact that I was able to do that now, it's just it's good to see. You know what I mean? Let me tell y'all, though. Okay, remember I mentioned that my husband's not quite yet back into the church. He had a really very disheartening experience. When it should have been a miracle, it was just good science. Okay, we'll just leave it at that. Shame, 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 shame. But who are we to judge, yes? It's just what they believed. You can't judge someone for what they believe if that's all they know. I know that's really hard to take in. Let's, let's, get, let's take it a minute. Because it's really hard to accept that no matter what they believe, you have no right to judge them their beliefs even if they voice it loudly even if they cuss at you about it mm -hmm, okay you don't have to agree with them but you darn sure don't have a right to judge them either you see what i'm saying makes sense to you i think so so i had my house and i want to tell you though my story it's my testimony my very first testimony in this house very first testimony with my husband and my husband i love him to this very tips of his toes but he's not back in the church just yet. I slowly, 
Hey, why don't you, could, could you bring the kids to church for me? I have to go early. You know, I need you to bring them later. I made it mandatory for my children to go to church with me back when our church was open to the general public. It was mandatory. I heard one sermon told me, I don't know why your children aren't here. If they aren't, then you're messing up. All right. Well, they were there from that point forward. Every single one of my children will be at church every Sunday and Wednesday, sometimes on Tuesdays, just because my Lord said so. And we were going to church, we were going to church, and we were going to church from Nolanville, which you guys don't know where that is compared to Colleen, but it's, it's a bit of a drive, you know, but to make that commitment to God, you got to do what you got to do, you know what I'm saying? If he says go to church, you go going to church, doesn't know, don't, doesn't matter how long it takes you to get there, okay? It's even, it's even okay if you're late, you know why? Because you showed up at all. Even my pastor says it all the time, he's like, Are you, you late as hey, you understand what I'm saying? But we're so blessed to see you, we're so blessed to see you because you still came, even though you knew you were about to be late. You still came, and we appreciate your effort, okay? <laughs> um, so I was in my mobile home about a year and a half ago, and I uh, said, Lord, I mean, I mean, I love my house, right? I really appreciate the blessing that you've given my family, and that we're just so thankful. You understand what I'm saying? But one day I woke up, and I heard, it's time to go find your four walls. I said, oh, wait, that doesn't sound right. I said, we ain't got no money. Uh, my lease ain't up for another couple months now's not the time you know what I mean but who went and obeyed anyway I didn't I sure did I sure did so I immediately you understand when I said go find your four walls you ain't gotta tell this one twice okay because I've been waiting y'all I've been waiting for my own house it seems like forever you know what I mean but only recently did I remember that I can't do that by myself it's not probably it's not gonna happen Mel you it, it might happen eventually but wouldn't I prefer it happening now rather than waiting for it to happen on my time come on now so I went searching. I said, hey, babe, I'm going to go start looking at houses. He said, wait, babe, we, we don't have the money to move right now. Yeah, I know. I know. It's okay. We're, we're, I'm just going to go look, though. I'm just going to go look. I'm just going to go find something, and I'll let you know if I like anything. All right? Okay. Well, don't, don't commit to anything. All right? For sure. For sure. I wouldn't commit anything without you there anyway, but I got you. No, no problems. I looked at two houses, guys. Two. You understand me? Two houses out of everything that was available at that time. The first one, I was like, I could work with this, right? I could work with it. It was, it was pretty run down, though, in the back. Oh, what happened here, right? So I could still work with it, though. I told God, I said, hey, this could work for me. I mean, you know, you, know, I can, you know what I can do, Lord. You know what I can do with this. I could do this, Lord. I could do this. So I walked away, and I prepared myself, you understand, to get that house. Everything I needed to do, I prayed about it every day. I talked to the realtor every single day. She wanted to play games with me. And God said, no, let that one go. I said, no, but God, that's, that's a perfect house. I mean, it's really close to the place. It's really close to this. It's close to this. He said, I said, let it go. All right. I mean, you don't argue with God, right? Dad says, oh, freaking fine, whatever. I don't have to agree with you, Father God. I don't just have to follow the orders. So I followed the orders, and I went looking again. I went and found this second house. And I walked into this house, guys, and I walked through the rooms, and it looked pretty empty. Well, that's okay. All right, the kitchen's a little old. That's all right. Okay, well, it's got a garage. Check me out in my garage. It's not my house yet, y'all. You know what I'm saying? It's just, I was just feeling this house, okay? So I walk in, walk through the garage, the backyard. I'm in love. What happens if I can't get this house? I ain't even told my husband yet, okay? At the time, he was my boyfriend, but I ain't even told him yet. I just, I, something told me, you're not done. Take a look at what else I gave you. Okay, not something. Obviously, that was dad. Dad told me, go, I'm not done. Okay, there's more to the house. There's another half of the house left. Mel, I didn't even stop. My Mel stopped in the middle of the room, and I was like, this is it. This is what, this is what I want. I want. This is what I want. And then I walked down the hallway, guys. I walked to the first room on the right, and I looked at the bedroom that is now my boys' bedroom. This is, this is really nice, Lord. It's got a nice little window. opens up onto the, the okay, on the street. I see you. I see you. I see you. Nice little hallway. Very nice. Carpeted. And it's just beautiful. And then I go around the corner. There's another bedroom. Oh, okay. All right. There's the master bedroom. It's got a... Ah, the bathroom's kind of small, though. Ah, yeah. Oh, how often, though, do you, as an adult, be honest with yourself, how often do you take a bath? No, 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 no. I said, do you take a bath? Like, in a bathtub? Like, you sit your wet behind down in the soaps and suds and such? No. That's what I thought. I, I, I shower as well. I shower regularly. But I do it in a shower, not in a bathtub. And so that was, ah, whatever, right? No big deal. 
And then I saw the second bathroom. I said, okay, that's pretty too. That's cute. I mean, you can see the neighbor's house, but I mean, what do you expect? What else am I going to see, right? I mean, either see the road, the street, or the neighbors. I mean, it, that's what I see. So on that side of the house, there's okay. That's what's up. Okay, good. Oh, and he's black too. Good. My neighbors are colored. They are thinking Jesus. <laughs> um, and then I stopped at the third bedroom. And he said, before you open that door, because I reached for it. I reached for the doorknob. And my heart just... Like, like electricity went and touched that doorknob. And I said, oh, he said, before you touch that door, I want you to remember what you have already started. I'm sorry, what? What are you talking about? Remember what you started. Okay, what are we, what are we talking about? Like, I'm standing in the middle of this strange hallway. I've never been in this house before in my life. And I'm over here talking to God. Mm-hmm, out loud. I'm glad I was by myself. Because <laughs> people would have really thought I was crazy. I said, what are you talking about? He said, open the door. So I opened the door, and the first thing I saw was this huge window. I said, okay, that's beautiful. Thank you, God. Thank you. And then there was the closet, guys. The closet was completely fitted out for an office. There was a computer nook. There was shelves. Okay. There was cupboards for storage space. And there was a keyboard tray that rolled out for your keyboard. I said, this is it. It's the one you want me to have. And I went home and I told my husband, I said, look, look, I'm just saying, I mean, it's perfect. Everything about it is perfect. I'm pretty sure we could swing the rent. I mean, I really think this is something we should do. He said, you were just supposed to go look. You weren't supposed to go fall in love. I said, hey, I don't control what my Jesus puts love in my heart for. Okay, I don't, I don't control that. I just follow what it tells me to do okay i'm just following orders i'm just following the details he said babe we really don't have the money for it right now we really don't have the money i'm sorry i mean i know you want it i know you want it bad babe but i just don't see i don't see how we're gonna make it happen i said you know what honey i'm not worried about the money because y'all already know the end of that excitement god will provide that's what i said to my husband i said uh-uh i'm not worried about it god's got me God's got my back. I don't have to worry about that at all. I'm not worried for a second. You hear me? When I said that we need to move, we need to move. Because that very person who's got this covered already found a way. Okay. If I keep questioning it, that's me saying I don't believe he can do it. When my pastor said that in church one day, I said, Lord, no, never that, never that. The moment you dwell on something that he tells you to do is you saying, I don't think you or I could achieve that, sir. And that's, a not, that's not for you to say. If God gives you a vision, if God gives you a, an order, gives you a plan, a path, and a journey, you execute. Because if you do anything else, it's saying you doubt yourself or that of God. And remember, Jesus walks within you. So you're basically doubting God. You're doubting Jesus can bring you through anything and you guys know better don't you you know better you know that he can bring you through anything so i told my husband i said honey baby god's gonna provide he's like i know all right babe whatever you say i said i've been tithing i started tithing regularly when i say regularly i mean every week okay i was getting paycheck every week i was getting paid every week i'm gonna pay him every week because that's what he's due not only does he do that but he gonna watch watch him work okay watch him work y'all and then, then the enemy tried to step in. I'm not saying my husband was the devil at the moment, but he said, plus, honey, you know, I mean, I talked to the realtor. They said that, you know, there's a lot of people actually who want that house. We're probably not the most appealing leasees that are going to apply for it. I said, that don't mean I'm not going to apply for it. How are we going to get it if we don't even apply for it? He said, all right, babe, I'm just, I just don't want you to get your hopes up. And then I said, no, I hear you. I do. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I had a moment of second, moment of second guessing myself. But then I was like, I don't have to worry about it. I didn't tell myself to go find this house. I didn't find this house for myself. I didn't do nothing by myself because I am never by myself. So I went in there. I turned in our paperwork. I said, I just want you guys to know we looked at the house. I'm absolutely in love. It would be so perfect. Me and my two children, my husband, I just, I want you guys to know how much I love that house. And I just thank you so much for even letting me look at it. You know, my husband says that you probably won't, you know, you probably won't pick us because we're probably the least attractive leasees, but I just want you to know how much I love the house. Whoever you give it to, 
you tell them that they are moving into a blessed home. Like, it's beautiful. And I left. And before I even got home, guys, I got an email. We would like to offer you the residence at Herndon Place. Today, guys, where I live, where I'm talking to you from, the home in which I reside, I was the most attractive lady. That's what God said. It don't matter what nobody say. You hear what I'm saying? Nobody. Because God said that was my house. That's the one God wanted me to have. So this is the house that I am in. That's my testimony. Because when that house came through, yo, and I said, he said, well, we don't have the money, though, babe. I said, don't worry about that. How are we going to move? Don't worry about it. Yo, I went to the, uh, the, the rental place with no money in my pocket. Sure did. I went and did this with no money in my pocket. Sure did. But I've been here a year and a half, guys. So if it wasn't God, then who was it? I have opened a business. I am a seamstress. I am the, say again, the stylish seamstress of Men's For You. I'm a proud owner of an LLC. And I just, after I graduated, my life took off. Okay, he was like, he was just waiting. Let me get the degree, let me get the diploma, diploma, diploma. She's got it, let's go. We got things to do. I graduated May 9th, just like everybody else did this year. I didn't get my little graduation parade. Y'all owe me, okay? Somebody owes me a parade. But I graduated, and as soon as I graduated, I said, what is stopping me from making the world mine? Nothing. A couple of people that I met along the way, they'll tell you. I said, I'm not prepared to be stopped. I'm not prepared to be stopped. I'm not prepared. I'm not prepared. I will never be prepared to be stopped. You know why? Because God is the gas that runs my life. Yes, he does. And I know he's not done with me. He's not done with me. So when I get emotional and I cry because someone's hurt my feelings, my little prophetic feelings, I had someone ask me if there was ever a moment that I would walk into a room and I could tell that when someone was in pain, you could feel their pain. I said, I can't physically feel their pain, but I could tell you exactly who's in pain. The moment I walk into a room, absolutely. And that, that relationship, I'll never forget it, first of all. It was, this, I, it was really short, but that's, sometimes they're there forever, and sometimes they're there for never. They were just there for that one moment, and then they're gone. And that's exactly what he purposed them to be. You don't know who's coming. You don't know who's going to leave and when they're going to leave. You just know that God placed them there for a reason. And you got to get everything you can from that relationship while they're in your life. I feel like I failed her in this. I don't feel I gave her everything I could in a friendship. Everything I could in a sisterhood, you know. We, we share a lot of things in common. We love our Lord, of course. We love worshiping him. We both can sing great, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but there was I guess something was missing or maybe there was too much of something and not enough of those but like like we know the seasons are for reasons right and you just <sighs> have you ever had that moment where you're like oh I just figured out that why what what why right like something you've thought about many many times like that doesn't make any sense that doesn't make any sense it doesn't make any sense, it doesn't make any sense. and then something happens and out of the blue, you're like, oh, that's that. Okay, that makes sense. Now, now I get it. Now I get it. I totally get it. So, for example, uh, for those of you who are still friends with me on Facebook, do you remember the chicken and waffles? I was, I didn't understand it, y'all. I didn't understand. Why, how would you put chicken, protein, get me, with your breakfast food? I don't, I don't, I mean, I can have eggs. Eggs are good. Eggs are great. But chicken with your waffles? That sounds weird. That's just weird to have those two things on the same plate at the same time. Like some of you have had breakfast for dinner. I do that. I love me some French toast in the middle of the night. I love it. It's delicious. I had some the other night actually. But chicken and waffles, that's doing too much. You're doing too much, you're doing too much. Like what happens if I get syrup on my chicken? You're not supposed to have sweet fried chicken. Sweet fried chicken, y'all? Come on now. Sweet fried chicken, y'all. Come on. How come no one told me? Y'all is wrong for that. You hear me? I didn't know. You know what I'm saying? I'm 36 years old. I just found out this year. What's the deal with chicken and waffles? I know that she has a, her own shop, right? What's her name? Uh, Diana Ross, right? She's got her own shop. With chicken and waffles. Chicken and freaking waffles. And I took a picture of it and I said, okay, so I'm all caught up, right, guys? Because I really didn't know. I had no freaking clue what kind of life I was missing with me some chicken and waffles. 
that was just it was maybe it's the person who made him i love him to pieces but it was so good y'all like and then you realize oh how that all fits together it makes sense now nothing that made sense before but it makes sense now you know what i mean so to present i went to church went to church went to church <sighs> i met my my church family right i have uh three ministries that i am proud of being a part of and uh i know that god placed me in this body on purpose right i was meant to find out the things i found out through this ministry these ministries i'm in three ministries and each one of them has given me something different you see what i'm saying um guest services i was a very I was outgoing, you know what I'm saying, when I was in school. But since I've become an adult, maybe some of you guys can understand, I've been really introverted. I kind of, you know, keep to myself. I don't want to talk to a lot of people. And I don't like meeting new people. Like, that really makes me uncomfortable, actually. Um, maybe I'll tell you guys why one day. But right now, I'm not ready. <laughs> so I'll tell you one day, though. Um, make, making new friends or, you know, confronting uh, situations even <clears throat> makes me nervous, makes me uncomfortable. So, uh I decided to be part of gift services because I saw what exactly it is that he wanted me to do there. And that was one, I need you to meet your family. I need you to know who these people are. There's people here that you need to touch. These are people that will bless you. So you got to open your mouth and know them. You got to know them. I mean, you can hear them singing. God, how they can sing at my church. Praise his name. Ooh, Jesus in heaven. So they can sing. I can hear them singing all day long. I could listen to those women sing Every day, y'all. Every day. Every day. Oh, she just gives me chills. But that's not knowing them. That's knowing the beauty that is their voice that they use to praise our God. That's not knowing that person. That's just what the sound is that comes out their face. There's a difference. Yes, there's a big difference. Just like the sound that you hear coming on my face right now is totally different than the one you hear when I'm singing. For those of you who don't know, I am a closet singer which means I only sing in private. Nobody gets to look at me. No one gets to watch me. And if you're lucky, I put on a video. I never look at you either, but you, you get to see me. I, I exist for that few moments in time. I'm just not, I don't, I feel since I've been given the gift that I should remain in the shadows. Shh. I'll just tell you what I need to tell you, but I can't come out the shadows because then you'll see my face. And I don't think that was his purpose. You don't need to know who is telling you the message. You just need to know the message is coming from a good place, right? So my messages, regardless of what you think, okay, are coming from a good place. I might be angry. I might be yelling at you, telling you you're darn wrong for judging folks. But know that it's coming from a good place. Because I don't want you to miss out on heaven, y'all. I don't want you to miss out. I've heard great things, beautiful things, like eternal things. You understand what I'm saying? You don't, you don't want to miss it. I don't want you to miss it. I don't want you to miss it. So, yeah, I'm going to yell at you. I might even cuss a bit. Y'all can tell I've been working on it, though, right? I've been working on it. And it's not because I went to church. Because shame on me, I have not been in church for a very long time. I mean, the pandemic was an excuse for a while. But I can go online. What's your deal now, Mel? What's your excuse now? Tell me now. What happened now? Oh, well, because I don't make the time. That's what it is. That's plain and simple what it is. I don't make the time to go to church. I don't make the time to do my Bible study every day like I'm supposed to. No. And then there's days where I don't, I don't make the time for anything I should be doing. And those are the days that I get, feel convicted to, to come and speak to you guys. If I'm not going to do nothing else for nobody else, let me try one more time to save a soul. You understand? One more time, let me just, okay, let me just give him 30 more minutes of my life. Try to save one more soul, Lord. I'm going to try to save one more soul, Lord. Just one. Just, I just want one. Just one person to hear my podcast and be like, oh, crap. She right. I had another person tell me today. God bless you, by the way, for listening to my podcast because that, you, I can't tell you how much that means to me. Like from the bottom of my soul, ma'am, I want you to know how much that meant to me. Because not only did you listen to it, but you told me that you listened to it. Because I wouldn't have known otherwise, right? I wouldn't have known you even listened to it. But not only did she listen to it, you have a very interesting podcast, she says. I'm already upset. I'm emotional at this point. So I'm not really hearing. I'm not really taking in the, 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 the true and genuine nature of the comment, the, the compliment, as it were. I just I wasn't ready to take it in. I was just so emotional because I feel I've lost my friend. 
someone I really care about. And I felt like I was losing my whole family, my newest family, my newest family members. And I didn't know what to do with that. I'm a person who gets attached very easily. I get um, emotionally involved, engaged, committed, you know, invested in everything that I do. Off jump. I don't do it halfway and think about maybe I'll give them the other 50. No, it's freaking 150%. And oh crap, now I've got nothing left to give you if what I gave you the first time is not what you were looking for. You see what I'm saying? So, so there's, there's certain people out there in the world who can handle Mel. There's certain people out there who are like, uh, she's doing too much. I have to let that go. You know what I mean? I don't know which, which, which category these, this group, these people would, would fall under, but I know that they touched me while they were there in my life. You know, they meant something to me. Each time they spoke, it was encouraging. It lifted my spirits. It gave me something to look forward to. And I know that that's what God wanted me to have. He wants me to have at least that. If nothing else happens and nothing, I get nothing else from this group, I know that I got that much. And I know that he's, he's pleased. It was well done. It was well done. It was well done. They have beautiful souls, this Heart of Truth group. Beautiful souls. Uh, some of them are on the same, same journey. You know what I mean? They're not necessarily going through the same things I'm going through. But remember when I said our journeys are all the same, they just look different from different perspectives. Because I'm living mine, you're living yours. We don't look alike because, well, this is my journey and this is your journey. And we don't even look alike, let alone our journeys looking alike, okay? And if the they're supposed to interchange, they're supposed to connect or, you know, intertwine at some point, that's cool. But they're never going to be exactly the same. But they will never be any different than anybody else's. We're all going to struggle. We're all going to go through parts of life that we wish we didn't have to go through. And we're all going to have parts of our lives where we wish we could go back and do it over and over and over and over and over and over again. And I just pray for you guys that those moments involve Jesus, that he's who you want to be with over and over and over and over and over again. This is Prophetess LGBTQ. Y'all have been an awesome audience, and I really appreciate every single one of you. God bless you. Stay safe, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye.